Welcome to America's Top Rebbitons. May this class be for Rufu Shalema, for Miriam Bertha Bat Esther, and also for Yeshaya Ben Gittel and Edith Hava Bat Yafa. If you'd like to sponsor a podcast, please email us at atrebitsons at gmail.com. I am so happy to have on today's show, Rebitson Bothan Grossman. Rebitson Bothan helps Jewish women who are more successful than their husbands realign and find their way to be successful in both their career and also in their marriage. As a marriage coach, she helps women find peace and happiness in their relationship with their husbands. And she works only with the wife to change the atmosphere in the house, achieve peace in the home, and develop a closer and more intimate relationship where both the wife and the husband are happy and fulfilled. And this is really, really, truly what it's all about. Please tell us more about yourself and what you do. Hi, thank you so much. This is so exciting. Woo! (laughs) So what I do is that I'm a marriage coach for women in business, women in business. Um, I'm a marriage coach for women in business. And what that means is that, uh, like you said, I only help the wife because I really believe that you can single-handedly turn around your marriage. I also believe that men don't really need the help. As soon as you leave them alone and let them off the hook, they figure it out and then come back with their own understandings and their own tools because men work very differently. So we can get into that a little bit later. But um, I specifically help women in business because I was a woman in business. I was a graphic designer for 15 years, and I found that being you know, successful and out there and people care about what I say and people care about my opinion and they ask me, you know, questions, they're paying me to listen to me. Right. So it feels really good. You have this feeling of like, oh, I'm important. I'm a somebody, somebody cares. Right. And then you come home and you get criticized or it's like, you don't want to make the other person feel bad that he's not important or being appreciated with money or whatever. Right. So there's this really weird wonky feeling walking home, walking into the house, right? From work into home. And then everything sort of lowers down and there's this like icky feeling and that icky feeling becomes resentment and annoyance. Why are you, why aren't you doing more or what's going on? Or, you know, why is it that I'm the one, right? These are things that have gone through my head at the time. Um, And there's also, you know, I'm not blaming him, but he just doesn't get it. He's not talking my language. He's not understanding the types of things that I'm going through because he's in a different world. So there were these little things that were really starting to get on, you know, in between us. And because I was so aware, I'm just a type of person who's very aware. Marriage is top priority for me. So I wasn't letting it fester. I was trying to see where do I find answers. And anywhere I turned, all of the advice that was coming up was advice that was, I would say, very old fashioned, right? When it used to be the husband was always on top, the wife was always on bottom, and you were trying to give advice to the woman of sort of like, you know, how to bring her up a little bit to be even with him. But the problem, and that where that's, by the way, where all the empowerment came in, right? Because we want to empower women. We want them out there. We want them knowing that they have a voice and that they have a backbone and they could stand up straight. And all of that stuff is amazing. But what the empowerment movement did was it got women to surpass their husbands and become higher. So now you have this, you know, men are down here, women are up here, she's empowered, she knows she has a voice, she's actually doing something in this world and making an impact and leaning into her purpose. And he's just doing his job. 
And that gap is really uncomfortable. And what happens next is that we listen to the old fashioned advice, which you know gives us empowerment. And it actually is making the gap worse because the more the woman becomes empowered, the more the gap grows. So it's really a big problem because we're listening to the wrong types of advice. Something that used to work is no longer working. And so I started looking everywhere for what's the actual things that are going to work in my marriage, right? I was very selfish at the time. I just wanted to get answers for myself. What is going to work in my marriage? What is going to work in my situation? Because I knew that I was not okay with this continuing. Like this wasn't okay for me. Um, And by the way, like it's fine if it works for you and, you know, go ahead, do your thing. But I really wanted my marriage to feel good, to be good, to be healthy, right? Like those were my, my values. And this wasn't working for me. I wasn't feeling happy. I wasn't feeling aligned. I wasn't feeling in my body, right? Like I, something was feeling off. So, you know, first of all, I also spoke about it with my husband eventually. And I told him like, I feel like you, you know, don't let me grow because this and that. And he's like, actually, I really don't care. Like, <laughs> you know? And so that was also another thing that sort of popped my bubble was just speaking about it, communicating and telling him how I feel. Now, by the way, old fashioned communicating is like, go sit him down and tell him what bothers you. It wasn't like that. Right. This is a new type of communicating, which was like, I just wanted to, I wanted you to know what was going on inside my inner world. And that was very different. It felt very different to finally like share openly and be vulnerable in that way and say, I'm feeling like my success is taking a toll on our marriage. What do I do about it? And he was like, I don't see what you see. And so that was really interesting because it reflected to me what was going on. Um, It made me realize it was all inside me and I had to fix myself. (laughs) So that's, you know, and it brings us back to that empowerment and knowing that really it's all in your control. You can control the situation by the way that you act and react and think and, you know, what's going on in the mindset. So with all of the things that I collected and all of the tools and, you know, advice and things. And a lot of it was, you know, I heard in podcasts and in books and in places that I didn't expect to find the answers. And then I being the type of person I am, because I am a Reviton and I grew up as a daughter of a rabbi and a Reviton. So for me, this is just part of how, how you do things is I, I kept taking things and translating them into Jewish. Like, where do I find a source for this? Where do I see that this is actually true? And of course there's a source in Judaism for everything. So I was constantly taking truth and finding where it fits into my life, into my values, into that, you know, moral compass that I have. And some things by the way, didn't fit. And I was able to really know so wait, that maybe this is something that I'm not going to take, right? Maybe this worked or was a nice idea, but you know, I'm going to leave it aside. So I was able to really create a toolbox for myself of all the things that work at every situation. And what do I do in the moment? And how do I do before to prepare? And what do I do after to repair? And all of that to then turn around and realize that I wasn't alone. I was, you know, just because I was able to make my marriage work with my business and threw me into a a whole new business, right? It was like, you have to now do something with this. 
I realized everyone else around me in all the networking groups and all of the groups on Facebook and all of my friends who were in business were all in the same boat. We're all dealing with the same things. There's a lot of inner growth. There's a lot of mindset work. There's a lot of fancy words for things that men are not aware of because it's just a very new agey type of language. And maybe they know of it, they understand the concept, but they know it from a different angle, from the books or from, you know, the something ancient, like something isn't lining up. And, and it creates a lot of stress in the home. It creates this, eh, he won't get it anyway, no communication. I'll just go tell my friend, right? Like there's, there's a disconnect and it's so painful. And the more I looked into it, the more I realized really, you know, there's people who are like, I'm going to solve divorce and I'm going to make sure that there's no divorce. I was going for like, I'm going to solve mediocre marriages. I'm not okay with okay anymore. And I don't want you to be okay with just like, yeah, he's my husband. He happens to be sharing a room with me. And like, you know, we live together, their kids, their stuff. We run the house very well. Like we're very organized in the way that our systems work, but we don't actually have a connection, right? That intimacy that's emotional is is lacking. It's missing. Like you were saying before, when I asked you, what is this podcast all about? Is like, bring the soul back. Right. So mm -hmm. I wanted to bring the soul back into marriages. I wanted that godliness in there. Right. I wanted there to be a breath of fresh air, something new. And I was getting responses. People were like turning their heads going, ah, Somebody is saying something we haven't heard before, <laughs> right? There's, there's so much, but everybody is sort of just hiding it because it's uncomfortable. Why would you say that you're not at your best in your marriage? You would never share that with anyone, especially if you yourself are helping other people. So there's a lot of, you know, coaches and teachers and, and guides and people who are up there doing amazing work and in their own life, they're not figuring out what to do for themselves because it's really hard to help yourself, by the way. And that's why I myself have coaches. I believe that you have to constantly be growing, especially not, right? Like you would think not because like, no, especially if you're helping other people, you have to be helping yourself and getting, you know, drinking from a fountain. So I have I have, you know, mentors, I have guides, I have coaches, I have groups, because I get so much out of being in that environment of being the student. And then I can give over so much. So that's how the whole thing started. That's, that's pretty much the story. And, uh, and now I help women bring God into their home, and really, you know, shape their their journey to be in a way that everything works, that marriage works with business, that your parenting fits in, that your in-laws, that all of the relationships, and that nothing is holding you back from really leaning into your purpose, right? That's, that's what it's all about. I want to grow yes. my business and I don't want it to take a toll on my marriage. That's like the biggest thing. Or you know, oh, I'm comfortable now and there's balance. And if I go and do this thing that I have a calling to do, I might shift things, upset the balance, right? Like move it. I'm not comfortable with that. So I'm just going to leave it. So things might be great in your marriage, but you have this belief that mm, 
I'm not going to do that. <laughs> like, I'm not going to go into that because, and I think that the biggest thing that freaks everybody out is the number of women who we see in the media who get to a certain level, right? They, they made the million dollars and boom, they got divorced or they had this great launch and they, you know, broke the six figures and then they get divorced and you're like, what's going on? It must be that when you succeed, then it has to take a toll. It doesn't. It just means that you have to be really intentional about it. And the more intentional you are about how you grow your business alongside your marriage or the opposite, right? Your marriage alongside your business, that's, that's going to determine how strong your marriage is. A really strong business needs a really strong marriage and you have right. to grow them together alongside each other so that they align. Right. And, and that's of course, an interesting perspective. Yes. Which actually brings me to this like very, very important question exactly on this topic. I mean, it can be really challenging for a man when his wife is more successful than he is in the workplace. And that can sometimes offset the balance, like you were saying, in the home and in the marriage. And I want to see if maybe you could please talk to us about the best way to handle this type of situation in a marriage, especially in a case when a husband feels jealous of the wife over her success. Okay. So a lot of times it's not about the money. It's more about the self-expression, right? Because when you find that thing that sparks you, that makes you come alive, that does this thing to you, it just turns on like, woohoo, then you, you suddenly become on fire. And the husband's not jealous of you being successful or of your money that you're making. He's jealous of the amount of life you have. He wants to be like that. He wants to lean into his purpose and find what his calling is. And men have a very hard time doing that. So really what he's saying is, hello, don't leave me back here. Like, help me find my way. Like, show me the tools that you use to get to where you are, because I want that too. I want that aliveness. So, you know, everything I do is deep not surface level, not, you know, superficial stuff. And the question was the symptom. The symptom is she makes more money or she's more successful and therefore he's jealous. That's just a symptom. The deep, deep, deep root of the problem is that she is so focused on her, woohoo, right? Her life and the thing that she's created that she's she pretty much turned her back on the other part of her life, which was the home life, the marriage. And usually that comes naturally, like I said, because you get so excited about this new world that you found and all these words that make so much sense to you about mindset shifts and, you know, amazing, you know, turnarounds and all these great stuff that you're in that you don't get it. So I'm just not going to bother. Like that's the type of, of language that we're giving over is like, fine. So don't be part of this world that I'm in, you know, and just because it's very hard for him to understand. And that just because he's not in that world doesn't mean that he deserves to be cut off or disconnected from. You still have to find a way to bridge the gap because don't forget he is your other half. Like he is you. And so if he's not happy and something is off in the marriage, then something is off in you because you are one. So stop and really get intentional about how do I include my husband in this excitement? How do I, 
show and guide and just be there for him with the tools I have. Yeah, and a lot of things that we learn in, in the program that I run, I run a mastermind and it's all about how to, how to help your husband, right? From a place of not coach him because, you know, all these coaches, they're like, I can coach everyone else, but my husband. And that is a very good, there's a good reason for that. He's your husband. He, you're, he's not there to be coached. So it's not from a place of, I'm going to show you what to do. I'm going to tell you what to do, or I'm going to fix you. It's more from a place of, let me share the wealth of how I connected. Like, how do I connect? You can try it. You cannot try it. That's fine. And I love you the way you are, but you're still part of me and we're still in this together, right? Because the, the worst thing is getting to, right? Like we said, getting to that place where you have the success and you have the money and you have everything, you have no one to share it with because along the way you sort of dropped it off and, you know, figured this was too heavy to carry. That's, that's really sad. It's really sad that you forgot that it's all about the journey. It's less about the result, right? Right. It's more about the journey, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. The process instead of the product. Exactly. And you're going to feel so good when your husband turns around and says, wow, like, this is amazing. I'm finding this about myself and I'm finding that like one of the things that makes me the most happy. And, you know, when I was journaling one time and I wrote um, from a perspective of the future telling me what is happening. So it was something like he, he figured it out all on his own without your help. And it's all thanks to you. And it was funny to say that, right? And it, when it came through and I was writing it, I was like, how does that make any sense? But the whole point is, it's all thanks to you that you stopped bothering him and telling him what to do. And you gave him the freedom to find himself. And you were there for him in all of the parts that he needed the support, which is really just believing that he can and emotional you know, support and just being there as a wife and loving him anyway. And then he figures him out himself out and he turns around and he comes back being himself like he doesn't have there's no shoulds and he should be this way he should be that way he just feels free to be himself which in turn makes him come alive right because that's yes. what made you come alive is when you finally let go of all this garbage of what yes. you should be so and it's all thanks to you right so there's this <laughs> like real paradigm here um and recently I realized that there was something really beautiful. It used to be that my husband wasn't into talking about his emotions because that was just not a language they spoke and, you know, where he came from. Um, it's not also socially acceptable, like in his, you know, world of talking about Torah and he's a big rabbi. So he's constantly answering questions and looking at books and everything has to be very logical and very social uh, source, you know, based. And there's no room there to say like, you know, I'm feeling this way or something, right? It's like very yeah. not the place. So I get it why he's not in touch with his, or he wasn't in touch with his emotions because it's just how it is, right? That's how they are. Um, but with the times, with the years and with the more I, I'm doing my stuff, suddenly the language in the house is changing. And he suddenly says, you know what I realized? I had this, you know, I was thinking, I was uh, talking, you know, walking and talking to Hashem or something. And I realized this and I'm feeling this and I'm, you know, and this is bothering me. And I'm like sitting there with my mouth open. Right. Yes. <laughs> because, because wait, what? And it's happening a lot. 
my husband already has become so natural at, at, you know, talking to me in this way because of all of the journey that we've been through. But the more it's happening, the more it surprises me that I didn't even think this was possible when I was resentful and annoyed and stuck in my own like head with my mindset stuff. I wasn't thinking maybe my husband will finally figure it out. No, it was more like he'll never figure it out. And he's so behind. Right. Because this is the stuff that's going on in our head. So I just want to tell you that it's amazing to actually see it happening, to watch it flourish to, you know, that little, the little seeds and little, um, whatever it's called. It's, it's so fun. It's so fun. So that is what I think the answer is, is you have to go really deep into yourself. If your husband is jealous, it has nothing to do with him. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Um, he's not jealous of the money. He's not jealous of the, you know, of the status. He's, he's really, it's one of those types of jealousies that is, you know, they say, the, the jealousy of, of the scholars where they're like, oh, I'm so jealous that you know that I really yes. should look into it. Right. Like there's a positive type of jealousy of, I want what you have. And I wish I, I, I wish I knew how to get it. That's, that's actually great don't don't worry about him he's in the right he's on the right track he knows what he wants you you have the responsibility to look inside yourself and see where is this coming up for me right i understand yeah and i I think you were talking about the the seeds of growth to see how it goes from the start when this friction you know begins with all the work that you put into it and then you can see the seeds for growth and you can see actually the, the relationship improving and becoming better. So yeah, that in itself is very rewarding, which actually really, really does lead me to the very practical next question. Um, I know that you work with the wife to help her enhance the marriage and to develop a close connection with her husband. And I want to see if you can please share with us some practical tips that you can share with us to help women connect on a deep level for real with their husbands, like something that could walk around, um, out with today and start implementing. Hmm. Okay. So a practical thing in order to connect for real. So in my retreat, the marriage breakthrough retreat, that by the way, is happening January 17th. And I will um, share more details later at the end. But in my retreat, we go through the calm method. And that's the method that I, you know, when I was looking back to reverse engineer what it is that worked for me in order to help other women, I found that there was four elements that were really, really important for all of the, all of the transformation that I went through. And I called it the the calm method because calm is four letters and it fits right in. So um, the C is connect to yourself. Mm -hmm. The A is ask for abundance. The L is listen to the answer. And the M is master a higher level of consciousness. And I'm going to walk you through a little bit. Um, I go really deep into it, but I'm going to walk you just for a little bit. So you have a couple of practical steps. Step number one, connect to yourself is the awareness, is the pause. What do I want? Right? Really, really put your hand on your heart. Just like, you know, push it in. And what is going on inside me? Because like we said, it's always something in me. It's never about the other person. It's never about the mirror. So there's this story I tell, you know, my, a very good friend of mine and a mentor, 
to remember that God is part of the situation. God actually created the situation. Good point. Right? Like (laughs) there was another, there was one day that I, I said, I don't have time to pray right now. I'll just, you know, whatever, give it up. And then I caught myself. I'm like, who created time? God. He gave me time. I have time. And I went and I went to pray. I finished praying. And I was like a couple of minutes late. Okay. But it's not my time. So I can't complain about not having enough time because it's not, you know, I, I have nothing to do with it. Time is time. But sometimes we forget that this stressful situation came from God in order to wake us up, right? Just like when you put an alarm on your phone and then it rings, you don't get annoyed with the phone. Like, why are you ringing? Why are you making noise? (laughs) You just turn it off because you understand it's here to wake me up. God is making all these situations for us so that we can wake up to him, to remember that he is here. And our whole point in this world is to connect to him. And this is really, really foundation to everything is if I am here to connect to him, then as long as I'm connected, I'm not suffering. As long as I'm connected, I'm not being, you know, swayed with the wind. I'm really grounded. I have a rock. I'm standing on it, right? I'm very much holding on because I understand that it's all about having God in my life. The problem is that sometimes you're holding on and like you sort of you know, get distracted and look at the flowers and the trees and little butterflies. Like you're still holding on, but you're not conscious, right? So you'll get a little wiggle and you'll get back in line and that's okay. But you don't want to get to the point where you're like completely let go. And now you actually need to catch yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So bringing God into it is really, really important. And the ask isn't only ask from God, it's, you know, learn to ask from everyone. But the only way you can learn to ask is first to get in touch with yourself, which was, you know, part one. If you don't know what you want, you will not know what to ask for. So for example, a woman who's really overwhelmed and she's home all the time and she's screaming and yelling at her kids and this and that, and there's laundry and there's a ton of stuff and she just doesn't know what to do anymore. And she just wants to stop and breathe. So how can I help you? I don't know. I just help, right? Like she doesn't know to articulate the things she needs. But could you imagine if she just took the time to sit down and make a list of all the things she needs help with, all the things that she could delegate if somebody was to come and help. And then somebody comes and says, can I help you with anything? You're like, yes, please do the laundry. Just take all the laundry, do it. I don't know what you, you know, do some magic, but just, I don't want to do laundry right now. Okay, so I know how to help you, right? And we had a person like that in the in the community. She was, you know, pregnant right before birth and she had broken her foot. Everything was going out of control. And so we said, how can we help you? And she said, somebody just take away my laundry. And they actually did. It's so <laughs> nice. Rest. Yes, they came, they packed all of her laundry into a suitcase and they took it to the laundromat, which by the way, did you know that they do laundry by, by kilo? It's so cool. You just give it to them, they weigh it, they wash it. It's done. Yes. So it's something that if you're aware of what you need, you can communicate that better. You know what to ask for. So that's in regular life, right? When you know, then you can ask. And with God, when you know what you want, then you can go and ask God, show me what you want. Like, let's see if it aligns. Let's see if my want and your want actually line up, because then I'm sure that it will work out. But what if it doesn't work out? Then it means that it wasn't God's will. 
Right. And that's where the listen comes in. Listen for the answer is the ability to see reality and understand what does God want? Because one time I was really frustrated. I went to the rabbi and I told him, I can't figure out what God wants. Here I am, you know, praying, standing in prayer saying, God, tell me what you want because your will is my will and I want to do your will. And so if I don't know what you want, then how can I know what I want? And we're really stuck in a loop here. And I was a lot. I was praying and praying on this one thing, like, just show me. And, and the rabbi said, it's very simple. God's will is what is reality. If it's happening, it means God wanted it because if God doesn't want something, it doesn't happen. Like doesn't, God doesn't make mistakes. <laughs> there is no such thing as a mistake. So if the vase broke, then it means that God wanted the vase to break. Now the question is, what do I need to learn from this? Or what is it that he was trying to tell me with this? That's fine. That's learning to, to learn, learning to read reality. But it's so important, the, the understanding that you are living God's will. Every little thing that's happening and that happened, right? Because anything that happened is also God's will. It had to happen. Everything that happened and everything that's happening right now is God's will. So then my next prayer was, okay, God, show me, show me what you want. And that day I had three people knock on the door, call me, whatever, asking for advice. I was like, you want me to give advice? And that was part of my transition from being a graphic designer to actually becoming, uh, you know, a marriage coach was, you want me to do this? Like that? <laughs> okay. Because giving advice was obviously they weren't showing up because they didn't know I was an advisor. Like I'm that person that you come to for advice since I'm 12. <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. Everybody knew everybody around me, all my friends in high school and camp and everywhere. It was always go to her. She knows. So people started showing up in a pattern, like a lot of times, a lot of people, a lot of the same issues, things were just starting to show up. And so now that I was aware that I'm supposed to be reading reality, I was listening to God and actually following through. Oh, okay. This is what you want me to do. Okay. I'll take a step this way. Oh, okay. Now what? Show me, show me, show me, show me. And so you know, I told you before, this is the last retreat. Why? It's such a good retreat. I can't believe you're stopping it because I did four. That was in last year's calendar, right? I had plugged in in January of 2021, four retreats. And now when I was doing my CEO day in December, I said, okay, God, are we doing four more? Should I plug them in? And I get this big no, <laughs> right? Like <laughs> I actually got the answer from God just by being attentive and being aware of what is happening around me. It's not that I'm sitting there like, oh, I'm so prophetic. I, you know, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just a normal person trying to get in touch with what are the clues? What are the little crumbs that I'm supposed to be following? Right. And the more in tune you are to the crumbs, the more you'll learn to listen to what God actually wants. Now, let's bring that back to reality because we're very practical here, right? So you uh, wanted to talk to your husband about something, you know, going to, I don't know, buy this thing that you really wanted. 
And so you've got in touch with what you want. You know that, let's say a couch, right? So I really want this color couch, this size couch, that they should have this and that, and that should fit into our space well. And, you know, and shouldn't be more than a certain amount of money. And I already know that these are the places where I could go. Like I come prepared. I know what I want. And then I come and I tell him, listen, we need a new couch. This is what I figured. This is what I think. This is what I want, blah, 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 blah. What do you think? And then he tells you, you know, whatever his response is. Now he may respond and like, oh, I'm so glad you did all the work and I don't have to do any of it. Sure. Go ahead. Buy what you need. I'm so happy you got it all together. That would be like the ideal, right? (laughs) We want to hear that. That's what we want to hear. But you could also have this other response, which goes like, what are you talking about? Why do we need a new couch? Why are you even bothering with couches? Don't you see? And then you're like, oh, so is the response, you know, is, is your husband wrong? Do I now get into this fight of like, what do you mean? We don't need a couch. Our couch is a mess. You can go into that or you could say, oh, okay. So I guess it's not God's will. If it was God's will, I should get a couch. Then my husband would understand where I'm coming from and he wouldn't give me so much like that, the The friction, whatever that friction, I guess. Yeah. Like that, that feedback that I didn't want to hear. So maybe there's something wrong with what I'm thinking. Maybe I need to listen more. Maybe I need to understand. Maybe there's a couch that I could get secondhand. Maybe, you know, maybe God is trying to adjust where I'm going. The, the, the journey is being, you know, taken to a different angle. And I don't know what that angle is, but now I'm attentive to it. Now I'm going to listen in more. So could you imagine how this conversation would go? If I come and say, dear husband, I made all of these, you know, I really got in touch with myself. I sat down and said, you know what? I really want a new couch. I would, I would like it to be this size. I would like it to be this comfort. I would like it to be this. And I looked it up online. It should be around this price. What do you think? Can we get a couch? And he says, no way. Why would we get a couch? I don't understand. What do you all the time trying to spend money? And I don't know what. And then you say, oh, okay. So you don't think we should get a couch. Oh, like you took out all the air from the fight. It's not about you. It's about God's will. So now you're like, hmm, so what do you think? Maybe if I find it secondhand, would that be okay? Like, are you against getting a new couch or are you against paying the money? Now you're trying to find what is that God wants. You're not really here to fight the fight. It's not about how you like to spend money. This is really just about figuring out that, you know, what, what are we tweaking here? Are we tweaking the price or are we tweaking the couch itself? Like, you know, I, I was thinking to get a new couch. My husband was like, no, I love the couches we have. Don't touch the couches. So it's like, okay, forget about it. Even if I get free couches, I'm not changing these couches because my husband loves the couches. So you're coming from a very mature place. Do you hear that? Like, yes, you're not, you're not in this for the fight. You're not in this to take it personally. You don't get hurt. You're completely protected because it's not about you. It's about God's will. Is my will aligning to God's will? That's it. That's all I wanted to know. And now with the feedback that you gave me, I'm getting really clear that this is not what he wants. Let me find out what he does want. Maybe I should pray on it. You know, God, what do you want? I thought we should get a new couch to, you know, to be more presentable for people to come to be more welcoming to do that. But maybe you have something better. Maybe you want to show me what you mean by this. And now we're in a conversation. We're having a connection. I am a, I'm, I'm part of God's world when I'm connected to him. 
that's beautiful. Which brings us to <laughs> M, master a higher level of consciousness. Yes. Can you imagine if you do that loop of connect, ask, and listen over and over and over again, your brain starts to rewire itself to be connected to God, to understand what God wants and to want to be in that place. You no longer live in the mud. You're no longer getting into this drama. You're no longer having these fights. There's no frictions around you. Every situation, and it could come in situations from work, in situations from the business, in situations of money, in situations that you know used to really push your buttons because it was always so triggering. And now it's like, okay, I'm in a different place now. The more you practice this, the more you get to a place where you have this higher level of, I would say, frequency, right? There's a consciousness of God that lives in you and you just can't, you can't move away from. The more you do it, the, the more you change the comfort level that you have. So right, like a thermostat, if you're at a low thermostat, then, you know, the, your house is going to heat itself to a certain degree, but you change the thermostat, your house is now going to react to that and heat to that new thermostat. You're changing the thermostat of your life. You're no longer comfortable in those low consciousness places. It's no longer you. You've upgraded yourself right yes and it's by it's by one choice at a time one instance at a time it's not this huge overhaul of your life we're like okay that's it from now on i am god conscious right it's not like <laughs> that it's not we can't do that it's it comes from a place of one time i made a decision to get really in touch with what i want and then the next time I learned how to ask and, you know, maybe I just knew what I wanted, but then I got into the fight and I, I fell into the drama. Fine. No big deal. You're, you know, you're here for a long time. You have many, many years ahead of you. This isn't about the perfection. It's about the journey. It's constantly tweaking. It's constantly learning. It's constantly trying new things to see how is it going to fit for me? So the more you practice and the more you implement and the more you really get into that world, the more you are going to feel really, really good in your life. And it's all because you're constantly bringing God in. You're constantly connecting. You're constantly regrouping. We get lost so easily. By the way, I'll tell you a story because it's so funny. And I, I haven't told the story in a really long time. Um, I was at a class and a friend of mine, we were all there. We have this cute class, like the baby and me Tuesday learning. And so the main woman, like the, the hostess, she has a book and she reads from the book and we discuss what we're talking about and everybody brings examples from their own life. And it's just cute. And it's not just cute. It's really like, it's really amazing. We have a great group of women and everybody shows up as they come, as they go. And there's cute, you know, cake and, and coffee and stuff. It's, it's great. I love it. It's one of my must go to <laughs> social things because it's so refreshing. We learn about uh, how you, you should bring God into your life and you should constantly remind yourself that God is here. And you know, the woman that was sitting next to me, she says, you know, Rev Schwartz says in his book, uh, Bill Vavi, he says, put an alarm on your phone and remind yourself that God is here. And so I was thinking, isn't it amazing? 
I said to the group that you're not reminding yourself that God loves you. You're not reminding yourself that everything is from God or that everything is good. You're just reminding yourself that there is a God. He is right here, right? God is right here, right now. That's all we need to do is just remind yourself God is right here, right now. And so um, I said, that's a great idea. Okay. And I didn't do anything about it. I just, you know, mentioned it. A lady from across the table, she says, okay, put it on your phone. Come on. And I was like, okay. She called me out from nine women. I like, okay, let's do it right now. We (laughs) plug it into our phone. I plug mine. She plugs it in hers. I put it in for, I don't remember, like 1130. And the class ends, it was, you know, from 9.30 to 10.30. I went home and I started getting ready for lunch because the kids were going to come home and I wanted to have food ready for them. I started the mixer and the mixer breaks. And I'm like, oh, I can't believe it. Like stops working right as I'm trying to make something. And then suddenly my phone goes, God is right here right now. Like, oh my gosh, seriously? Okay, okay. <laughs> God, it must be that the mixer had to break. I'm gonna take a deep breath. I'm gonna, you know, be with you here. And so I pressed snooze, which is not my style, but I did anyway. I figured maybe the alarm will remind me in 10 minutes, but I'll probably remember because I just remembered that God is right here, right? Yeah. And I keep doing the lunch. And I get all annoyed again and something isn't working and this spilled and that thing. And suddenly the phone rings again. God is right here right now. (laughs) I can't believe it that in nine minutes, right? Because nine minutes is a snooze. In nine minutes, I, I had enough time to not only forget God is here, but to also get all frustrated and annoyed again. So it just illustrated for me how quickly we forget. You can be in high level one second and then completely get distracted by whatever's it's so true happening. yes and so you're constantly getting and so of course I press snooze because I realized I am in that type of space that I need this again right I'm not giving up this reminder and so I did it like five or six times where every time I just had this like oh you're right God is here okay okay I could do this he's with me and that was a really hard morning because everything went wrong But it was amazing to actually realize that I can be reminded. So I left it on once a day um, for myself because I thought, okay, having it go too many times is too much. But I definitely still have the reminder until this day. And it says, God is right here right now. And then I made another one that said, God loves you. So I have like a morning one and a night one. It's very cute. Um, I also put it at a time where I would remember it to also pray mincha. So um, it's a nice remind, like a double reminder. Um, but that's, that's just really what it's all about. It's all about connecting. It's all about becoming aware and waking up and constantly working because you're never going to be like, okay, check that box. I brought God into my life. Now what? <laughs> now it's an ongoing process. It's for sure. For sure. Yeah, I, I feel like this is like a, I feel like this is in itself. This podcast is a mini uh, marriage retreat. It's beautiful. I really feel like that. Um, we're running out of time, but I do want you to tell us about your actual marriage breakthrough retreat that you have. Okay, so the marriage breakthrough retreat is a seven day virtual retreat where you come on to Zoom for an hour every day. And it's one to two p.m. Eastern, eight to nine p.m. Israel time. Um, what we do is 
the first four days, we go through the calm method and we actually get really deep into it. So day one is connect to yourself and we really, really make it experiential, right? So I want you to really do the work during the retreat, because I know that the second you hang up, you're going to forget about it. So even though I do give homework, but the homework is fun, but it's, it's really important for me that the space that I create that container of one hour, you actually walk out with something very, very practical. Yes. So we have connect to yourself. We have ask for abundance. We have listen to the answer. And then we have a master, a higher level of consciousness. Um, then we have a break for Friday and Saturday because, uh, you know, I keep Shabbos and anybody who, uh, is part of the retreat probably either wants the break or needs the break. Uh, I also believe that implementing what you're learning is really important. And any of these other programs that have all these challenges, when it goes too many days in a row, you sort of fall off and you don't have time to catch up. So this is a great time to just take a breather, pause and continue. So Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, the week after is uh, enhance your intimacy, which is an amazing day five. Uh, day six is design the atmosphere in your home. And they, then day seven is bringing it all together. So we have questions and answers. How do you practically use the call method? What do you do about it? All of the different things that go on with that. So it's all together. It is absolutely mind-blowing. That does uh, sound amazing. Yes. <laughs> yes. You've, you've heard some of it and, yes. uh, it's people over 350 people went through it already, which is fantastic. Amazing. Yes. Amazing for me to think that like last year, there was no such thing. And this year, this is the fourth one I'm doing. Um, as I said, this is also the last one. So you better be there because after this, I have no idea what will be. <laughs> and how can people sign up if they want to attend the virtual retreat? How can they sign up? Okay. So they could sign up at connectedforreal.com slash retreat connectedforreal.com slash retreat connectedforreal.com slash retreat okay perfect yep. okay wonderful wow okay well thank you so much rabbits and Hen, for joining us on america's top rabbitsons we really really enjoyed having you on the show and we all learned so much some great practical tips that we can take away from for us today um may the learning that we did today be for rafu shalema for miriam bertha but esther for Yeshaya Ben Gittel, and also for Edith Hava Bat Yafa. Thank you so, oh, so man. much. Thank you. Thank you so much.